station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, movie prestidigitator, Melissa Kersher. Hello. <laughs> Wait, say that again? Prestidigitator. Okay, then. Prestidigitator. And movie <laughs> magician's assistant, Jenna Young. <laughs> That's me. We are also joined by our good friend, Kelvin Hadley. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Hey, so uh, we are going to watch a movie called The Warrior and the Sorceress, which is an amazing film. But uh, (laughs) Jenna, why don't you tell us what you know about The Warrior and the Sorceress? Uh, Well, we only have Kelvin on when something is truly horrible. Yeah, like Citizen Kane. Uh, What a stink bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... However, I feel like I can still infer that this might be a really bad movie. Um, it's, uh, uh, it, I'm, I'm going to guess that it has something to do with, with crime lords and warring factions. Ah, uh-huh. because yes, indeed, we decided we were going to watch this film sort of as the third in a trilogy that started with Yojimbo and uh, continued through A Fistful of Dollars and is now completing... With the warrior and the sorceress. Right. Uh, oh, so, oh, oh, I'm also going to guess that there's a warrior and or a sorceress. Hmm. Ooh, ooh, very astute. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure if you're right. It's been a while since I've watched this film. Uh, <laughs> so this Wait, film... it's an 80s film? It, it is yes, an 80s film. It okay. is an 80s film. This film uh, an, represents... With a title like that, it had to have been an well, 80s film. Well, I mean... <laughs> That wasn't far-fetched, but yeah. Or it could be Sci-Fi Channel, who knows. This film uh, represents the 80s sword and sandal uh, genre, which is a series of fantasy movies made in the 80s that were mostly awful. Yeah. They didn't know how to do... I, I think it's fair to say nobody really totally understood how to make fantasy films <laughs> until Peter Jackson kind of figured it out round about uh, 2000, 1999, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, there. There were a few in the 80s that were at least fun, you know, yeah. fair to yeah. middle in, but there, there wasn't anything that was like, give me an Oscar yeah. that came out of the sword and sandal thing of the 80s. And certainly the warrior and the sorceress uh, is not gunning for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. it is a retelling of the Yojimbo Fistful of Dollars story. That is uh, unquestionably true. Uh, and and as as in those other two films which featured iconic, iconic actors in the lead role, so does this film. It's true. Oh, so does this film. Uh, he does not fare as well <laughs> uh, uh, as a result of this film but, but, as Toshiro Mufuni and Clint Eastwood, but he is nonetheless notable, and I don't want to give it away because I think okay. it's more fun if we discover for ourselves who this iconic uh, lead character is. Um, there might have been some really great burritos at the craft services table. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't. So, uh, Kelvin, Kelvin, have you seen this film? You know, I haven't. So I, I believe I'm the Ooh. only person in this table who's watched. <gasps> yes. Who's watched the film? I don't think I've actually seen this. No, I've seen. What? I, I have what? seen. 
I have seen many other Sword and Sandals movies featuring our lead actor. Our lead actor, which, who, which who's means, in many of them. Who has who been in many of them in the many 80s. Many of them. Many of them. So, I mean, in bits and pieces, I may have actually seen this entire it, movie. This film... This in a sort of pastiche quality. It, but. It, it might have... It might be stock footage from other movies. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, well, given who one of the producers was, it, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I watched this movie uh, when I was on kind of an epic quest to watch every version of the Ojimbo story. Uh, and it just ended in sadness, didn't it? It did, because after this, it's I watched Walter Last Hamlin. Man Standing oh. with Bruce Willis, which is just, I mean, this movie that we're about to watch is entertaining. Yeah. Last Man Standing is just a plottingly bad film. But I love Bruce Willis. That's great. Uh, you can continue to love Bruce Willis. The bad film is not his fault. I mean, okay. he yeah. he's not great in this movie, but that's because nothing in Last Man Standing <laughs> is great. So, so what I can say for you, uh, dear listeners, is if for some reason you decide, hey, I would like to follow the real education trek through this storyline of the one man pitting two rival evil gangs against one another, may I encourage you that when you reach the warrior and the sorceress, and I really do feel you should watch it, and we'll talk about more <laughs> why when when this when we watch the movie. And we come back but once you reach the warrior and the sorceress i beg you please do not continue <laughs> the last man standing because that truly can only end in tears oh, oh oh maybe you can do it backwards you start with last man standing and then you go to warrior and princess and then you go to fistful of dollars and then you go to yojimba so so it gets what better a, and better as you exactly go. or what about ah. first woman laying down Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Kelvin! It. I know. <laughs> oh, Kelvin! Last man. It was a bizarro joke. I'm it sorry. was a bizarro joke. <laughs> last, last man standing. By the way, was uh, the most direct adaptation of Red Harvest, which is mm-hmm. the um, Dashiell Hammett story on which all of these these films have been de- from which all of these films have been derived. So, Last Man Standing, they return to the the source material uh, much more faithfully, and they completely fuck it up. Um, <laughs> So, but right. enough about that bad movie. Yeah. We are now going to go away and we are going to watch The Warrior and the Sorceress, a movie that I alone in this room have seen. You are so proud of that. I, <laughs> it's not often you can one up Melissa. Well, when when, I, when I've seen true. a movie that, that, that Melissa hasn't seen, I'm, I, I do feel a certain ha 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 kind of. You know. You, you just. You just want to dance a little jig of happiness. <laughs> You're like, I am the movie Prestidigitator today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Melissa Kersher. All right, so we're going to go off and we're going to watch this uh, not good movie. I'm not okay. not going to lie. It's not very good. And uh, we will be back in uh, just a little bit. Back there has been more gratuitous <laughs> nudity than you can even Boobies. imagine. There has been more bad fight choreography than oh even gratuitous god. nudity. So, uh, oh my god! It's hard I, to I, even I, know how to describe the 
fight choreography yeah. other than like we didn't bother to put any effort into it. No, 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 no. Here's what the fight choreography... Okay. <laughs> Dear listeners, for those of you who don't know, I have studied stage combat for 15 years now. I, I, I know... A little bit about stage combat. That was not stage combat. That was the kids that get the little tubes from the Christmas wrapping papers. <laughs> just like whacking at, and they're not whacking at each other. Like almost all of the fighting, they're not targeting each other at all. They're targeting their cardboard tubes, which um, is, is actually pretty much what those swords were too. Those swords were like cardboard tubes that were covered in tinfoil and told to look like swords. Like, uh, the, you. the SCA has better swords than that. Like, I just... Uh, God, and there, there was no targeting, there was no extension. They weren't fighting. You could tell that they were just clacking swords together and they didn't, like... And nobody was blocking anything. You had all of these bad guys that charged in with their arms over their heads and so many belly slashes. And I can't even call it a belly slash. It was more like a belly touch and then they fall over. Like, this was so frustrating. Okay, I'm done. I, I, I was a big... Oh, I don't think you're done. I was I'm a not big, done, but I'm missed off I was a big now. fan in, of the climactic battle of uh, the, the, he, the hero. I put that in quotes. Yeah, uh, just yeah. just doing the shoulder roll for no oh reason. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that was so care. great. That Tim, was so great. Do you remember when like we did? Kirk, it was like a Kirk moment. Yes. Do you remember yes. when we did Highlander the musical? I do. And we had all of those rolls. I do. Mine were ten times better than that. No, no, we yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, hey Jenna. <laughs> I, hey, before we go on, oh hey god. Jenna. Oh god, don't get me started, Calvin. What? Calvin, what did you what do? What did Calvin? you think of what the movie, you? Jenna? Oh my. Fucking God. Okay. Um, what did I think of the movie? I felt that the movie uh, was ironically true to a lot of Yojimbo. There, 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 like, I mean, there, there were, there were there scenes literally lifted literally from Yojimbo. Literally lifted from Yojimbo. If and, they had and, been lifted by somebody who had no fucking clue why I, that scene in Yojimbo was cool. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the, it was, it was weird how much and and the 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 family story too although uh the man with a lizard for a wife i don't i don't, I, I don't know how i feel about that like i'm not usually against any well, uh, consent is you know consent, consent, but i don't and, know and if the a lizard, lizard seemed okay with it. Yeah, 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 i, I was i was rather confused yeah. about that uh what was his name cal zek Cal Kaz? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bal Kaz. Bal Kaz? They were Bal Kaz. They were fantasy names. The fat dude. His orientation left me confused. I don't know what he was into He was a lizard sexual, clearly. Yeah. Interesting that they do. He's like a elf. What level of the Kinsey scale is that? It's like perpendicular to it? Interesting that they do the lizard exchange and then you never see the prisoner exchange and you never see the lizard again. Right. It's just... Well, I didn't realize it was like a lizard guy until the prison. And, until he was came. walking, and he's all like, derp, 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 and then, I'm walking. Yeah, I thought like, it was oh. just like he has. Oh, he has like some sort of big lizard pet. Big lizard pet. Yeah, like okay, that's, that's a standard evil guy thing to do. And yeah. then there's the prisoner exchange. I'm like, wait a minute, it's a dude. It's a little dude. The, what? Yeah. This, I'm this. I'm I'm really concerned for fat guy and his reptile dysfunction. What are you? Well, fortunately, he's dead, so it doesn't oh, really I suppose, matter yeah. at this point. I mean, the movie, 
is really horrible. (laughs) And yet here we are, we're laughing. It's 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 hilariously bad. I mean, it's... it's, it's Yeah, it's fantastically awful. It's ridiculously sexist when you have the the one female sort of lead in the movie basically always topless. Yeah, any, every, um, pretty much yeah. every woman in this movie always topless. Oh, yeah. There are no shirts for women in this empire. You have, they, they, they can have a, a collar catas- thing. There's a catastrophic cloth shortage <laughs> in this universe. They have one scene where they, they just throw a naked woman into a pool and drown her. Yeah. Just to, because, to do it. To, to be evil. Yeah. yeah, because that's what evil people do. They throw naked women in pools and drown them. And, it's, and there's a sexy dancer who... Who actually, ironically, comes in pretty fully clothed, and we're like, "What? Wow. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> clothing!" And she starts dancing. Of course, you know, clothes come off, and she has four breasts, four boobs, and apparently a snake in her belly button, and a snake yeah. in her belly button, and nobody bats an eye. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she's got off-color clothes. She has four boobs, and David Carradine's sitting there, looks like he's not what? like he's not <laughs> like, "Oh, that's interesting." It's not something I've seen every day. He's more like, "Huh." Four boobs. I'm surprised there aren't six. <laughs> well, I... Oh, look, I, I, a snake came out of her belly button and bit me. I think I can safely say that half the movie's budget was spent on creating a, a realistic fake pair, secondary pair a of really boobs. really good fake pair It was a lot more convincing yeah. than most of the walls in those castles. Oh, my oh God. God. But, oh God. you know, like, literally, like, like, the fake boobs were so convincing that I... For you know, compared to like the terribleness of everything else in this movie, all you know, the makeup and the and the costumes and the and the and the props and everything, I did kind of like want to rewind the disc and just sort of look at the boobs a little more to make sure like that was actually fake boobs and not like like they didn't genuinely find a four-breasted woman somewhere. But then I realized there was no way to make that request without me sounding <laughs> like the most messed up individual in the world. But it was really, it, it, was, it, was, it was remarkable. No, I, I admit, I spent most of that scene staring at her lower boobs. The, the, yeah. uh, the, secondary, yeah. the, the secondary boobs. The ones yeah. that were not real, but it's like, hmm, they did no, a decent they did a job. Really they, 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 they were like the same... Breasts. Size and shape as her regular boobs. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> so there was like like somebody modeling like, was made. Somebody you know, spent it, a lot of time on that. Uh, yeah, I get now, to work on boobs. Cool. Okay. Yeah. and it like seriously, <laughs> they got the color. Yeah, the, her nipples matched. That was the part that yeah. I was like, that's craftsmanship right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she was dancing with those things. Yeah, somebody, she was dancing with yeah, those. Yeah, they were well secured. in that movie yeah. took their job seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, oh, I gotta be the sword guy. I gotta make all the swords. This is boring. Why am I not the boob guy? <laughs> so, so now, oh we, I mentioned we had the iconic... Uh, lead. Yes, we have the legendary David Carradine. David Carradine. Who, Jenna, you might know from Kill Bill. Yes. He's Bill. He's older. He's Bill. Yeah. He's Bill. And in that movie, Kill Bill, he is fantastic. And he still has bad hair. Yeah. Yeah. David Carradine (laughs) never had good hair. I I, I guess it makes sense that in Kung Fu, his head was shaved. Yeah. And maybe that's because they were like, you know what, David? Uh, Let's just Let's just not work with the hair. Yeah, yeah let's let's, just, let's not do that. Maybe they tried to work with the hair and went, 
Nope. Or was his hair head shaved? Was it just shaved in the in the flashback scenes, oh, or was it? God. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, and I it's been a long time. So, but the point is, David Carradine, who uh, was in Kung Fu, I believe before these movies, Kung Fu was the seventies, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kung Fu was nineteen seventy two. So the yeah. the career of David Carradine. Um, first of all, he he sprang from the loins of John Carradine, who yeah. was another legendary um, actor. After of... seeing this movie, I don't know if I'd say loins is <laughs> loins. They oh, were girded, loins. but uh, so. Loins were covered with a leather uh, cod piece that was really interesting. Kind of kind of distracting. Yeah. So yeah, John John Carradine, the legendary John Carradine of of old school Hollywood, was in hundreds and hundreds of movies and uh, spawned an entire family of Carradines. Like half of Hollywood today is Carradine has Carradine DNA in it, I think. But uh, uh, David Carradine, uh, one of his sons, uh, went on to uh, you know first of all he he did. If I remember right, he did a stint in the army, and then he uh, went on to Broadway, where he was a dancer and did okay there. And then he met a man named Martin Scorsese, oh, and Scorsese I've heard that name. Uh, put him in a movie called Boxcar Bertha, and that was kind of uh, his sudden rise to fame in Bo- Boxcar Bertha because that did well. And then uh, that same year, he got cast in a TV series called Kung Fu, which lasted for three seasons and has a certain amount of renown. And uh, David Carradine knew fuck all about uh, martial arts when he started doing Kung Fu, but it helped that he was a dancer, so he knew a little bit of how to move. And uh, it was convincing enough that it worked for 70s television. Nice. (laughs) And from there, um, he was in literally hundreds of movies. Um, he passed away in 2009, and you know, shortly by that after time, he came back into fame through the Kill Bill films. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, you know, as as Tarantino does, resurrecting careers. But yeah, a, a lot of those 200 some odd films were really shitty movies, as, like the one we just as watched. As bad as the one we watched, or or even worse. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've seen him. Yeah. I've seen it. And I've seen it. I've seen some pretty terrible David Carradine movies, and I've seen a couple that are actually kind of interesting. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Circle of Iron. Circle of Iron's fascinating. That's a, like it's like a weirdly intellectual martial arts movie. It's kind of bizarre. Well, uh, they reference it in uh, Kill Bill. In yeah. fact, you know, with him playing the flute, which yep. is the same flute he used in Circle of Iron, if yep. I remember right. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so he, he's been in Hollywood a long time and, uh, pat, like I said, passed away in 2009 in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, of accidental asphyxiation, which is a nice way to say it. It may have it, it been wasn't, autoerotic. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't suicide, but he did hang himself, he is did what hang they're himself. saying. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but, uh, I don't swing that way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh God, Kelvin! God damn it! Damn it, Kelvin! I, 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 I was proud of reptile dysfunction, but no, oh, no, you gotta, you gotta. It's a, it's a pun episode. No. Oh no. Pun episode. No. Um. But uh, you know, you, you was famous for having a, a odd lifestyle and uh you know heavy into drugs early in his career and heavy into alcohol at certain points and uh, did there, he ever marry a lizard he never married a lizard but <laughs> yeah, and apparently in 1974 um the fourth time he got arrested was um 
he he was high on peyote and started wandering the streets in California, buck naked. And uh, he broke into a neighbor's house, broke a window, and he started bleeding all over their piano. And then he wound up going out in the street and asking women if they were witches. And then he wandered back home, and the police literally followed the trail of blood into his house to arrest him. I, just, my favorite uh, part I mean, that's the sort of hijinks this my man My favorite got part into. of that story is bled all over their piano. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure it was a lovely piano. So, yeah, David Carradine, David Carradine lived large, yes. as yeah. they say. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, he made a lot of really terrible movies. Oh, this God. is one of them. Uh, we were talking about um, the cover art. Yeah, okay, so the cover art. Um, oh, it, dear God. listeners, look up the poster, the movie poster for The Warrior and the I'll try to make sure I put a link to it. Oh, yeah. It's, wow, there's it, a lot going a, on there. It's a thing. So, so, so we've got David Carradine with a body that surely is not his. It's, it's, Arnold, it's, it's He-Man. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> body from Conan. I swear they yeah. just... Yeah, I'm pretty and sure it's... It's, it's, it's very... Uh, very much trying to be Boris Vallejo, and and it's not. It's yeah. uh, Joanne Daly art. Um, yeah. Joanne Daly, who is a uh, kind of a legendary um, poster maker in like nineteen seventies, nineteen eighty Hollywood. She kind of specialized in doing a lot of horror posters at mm. the time. Uh, so like a couple of the iconic Friday the 13th posters were hers. Oh. Surf Nazis must die. Uh, it's huh. stuff like that. But yeah, uh, that's one piece of her art, and and I love that you know it's like you got the um, the quadruple-breasted woman in the in more more clothing than is ever afforded to women in the action yes. movie. Yeah, um, you've got the the shiny strappy things on David Carradine's not body, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's holding and, a snake, and there was never a snake in the movie. No, and, no. I mean, the, there, there's, not, not, there's not even really a sorceress. No, in there the isn't. Movie. The, the, the character that's the sorceress is kind of like a high priestess mm-hmm. who, who I guess maybe helps forge a magic sword. It's like well, she blesses the sword. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, and and even the, I mean, the sorceress isn't the the quadruple-breasted the, yeah. one either, and. I'm willing to bet it took longer to make that painting than it did to oh, film yeah. the movie. So I'm sure they gave Joanne Daly the, the notes about, okay, there's going to be a lizard, and there's going to be a woman with four breasts, and David Carradine, go. And it's called The Warrior and the Sorceress. So yeah. so the woman in the in the, in the the painting is, like, summoning something because mm-hmm. she's a sorceress, even though the woman in the movie, not a sorceress. Not a sorceress. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there are other fascinating things, like he, he frees the sorceress... And then he gives her to the other guy, mm-hmm. um, which you know is from Yojimbo. Except there's no good reason. For there's it. no good reason for right. it. It's not like it, you ever had the conversation with her, like I'm going to give you to him, and it's all going to make sense. Don't worry, I've got a plan. Uh, you, so you don't you don't have any idea how the other guy got the sorceress who's not a sorceress yeah i really thought <laughs> um, she was supposed to like go hang out with the monk dude or whatever it seemed that way and then and she then wasn't. suddenly she's with the other guy so i don't know if he like kidnapped her before she could get there or something like yeah. that was the only thing i could think of but there was no scene telling me that there's there was, really no there was just suddenly she's there there isn't really a plot in the movie yeah, I mean, and there isn't is, really is like amazing because it's based on a movie that has a very clearly defined plot I mean <laughs> they watched Yojimbo and they they were trying to re- the, 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 the plot 
already existed. <laughs> it was it was it was there, and it, it did, there aren't a lot. There's not a lot of lines in Yojimbo. There's not a lot of dialogue, no. and there's certainly not a lot of dialogue in this movie. No. So. And yet, they somehow managed to completely fail at storytelling. And I I mean, honestly, I think when you're talking about really bad films, one of the things that that I think is similar between all of them is really poor storytelling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, The filmmaker just doesn't have a clue how to tell their story. And uh, I know a little bit about the production of this movie, which uh, may explain a few things. Okay. So, first of all, um, Roger Corman's evolved. Oh, um, right. <laughs> so we've talked about Roger Corman in the past. Uh, he did a string of movies in the 1980s um, where they were American productions but filmed in Argentina. There were like nine of them. This is one of them. This may have been the second one he made down there. So it was made very cheap. It was made in Argentina. Um, there were a couple of Americans in the cast. Everybody else were, you know, pretty much locals. And all the money he spent, he did not spend, is on that screen. And he he, he did not spend it on shirts for women. No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's not credited as a producer when you look at the credits, but he was, like, a, like leading the production company, and he's involved, trust me. Um, mm-hmm. the, the guy who directed and wrote the screenplay for this film is a man named John uh, Roderick. I think it is. Wrote yeah. and, sc- Rod- Rod- and Rod- screenplay are both in uh, yeah. quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. John John Broderick. <laughs> um, it did, really didn't do much else. You know, shocking, surprising. Yeah, I hard know. to believe this didn't uh, result but, in a better career for him. But the the main story was written by a man named William Stout. William Stout is a very famous poster artist and illustrator. Mm. Um, not necessarily a writer, but um, <laughs> right. he's, he's a magnificent artist. He's written amazing. some amazing posters. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> the things he can do with paints, he, oh my god. But no, if you, if you um, name the most, like five most famous posters from the 1970s and 1980s, you'd probably pick like three Drew Struzan posters and at least one William Stout poster. I mean, his stuff was mm. all over the place. Like the Monty Python posters were his. Oh, nice. Um, Wizards and uh, <coughs> Animal House. Uh, it, a oh, bunch okay. of those really iconic uh, posters. But his real specialty is um, he does a lot of fantasy art, but he's really into like prehistoric monsters, prehistoric you know, dinosaurs, and um, he la- later in his career really got into doing like scientific illustration of um, extinct species. He actually uh, was an artist in residence in uh, Antarctica for a while. Yes. Huh. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. When, uh, um, one of the when I met him the first time, it's like I study in the Arctic. I hear you went to Antarctica, and it's like yeah, and we bonded over that. So nice. that was extra cool, but not necessarily a writer. Um, <laughs> there is on his website, um, if you do a search for like Warrior and the Sorceress and uh, William Stout and land on his website, there is a long article that he wrote about his involvement with the movie. And it's very interesting huh. uh, hearing the, the backstory about him dealing with John Broderick and the production and all the drama that went on. 
back there. And I won't get into it nice. here, but it's it's more interesting to just read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah straight from... It's sometimes a lot more interesting to read about the making of a bad movie than to watch a bad movie. Oh, yeah. It, well, it's like, you gotta watch the yeah. bad movie to have the background. Yeah. Like, otherwise it's just like, well, okay. <laughs> also, I, I do have to say, getting back to the plot for a second, yeah. what, what was the end game behind the making it seem like the well was dry thing? I, <laughs> um, I, I have no answers for you, Tim. There, I really did, don't. Did, uh, There's literally... Well, this will stir well, up like, the did, hornet's did, nest. Did, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like he was just trying to create chaos and have the two... Uh, Two opposing factions just beat each other up. So Except at the end, they didn't because the slavers showed up and enslaved mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but didn't, yeah. did did okay? I'm confused here. Did uh, did David Carradine poison the slavers' army to like make the slavers all mad and have them attack? I thought it was, was the other. I thought it was the other dude that actually. The fat dude, dude actually did it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fat dude did it. Blamed it on the. My favorite. All right. My favorite dude. was the dialogue of the slaver leader, whose main main line was ah, <laughs> ah. They're like riding into the town, and that's all he's saying. And, this, ah! and I guess the slavers are supposed to be like the rough equivalent of orcs or something. I don't know. Because they're sort of they got some kind of weird. Vaguely lizard-like face, but not as oh lizard-like as Oh my god! As and the... they're whipping. Holy shit! They're terrible whipping. Awful. Terrible whipping. So horrible. Their whip I... skills leave a lot to be. I... They, they I like have... whip the ground like three feet in front of the guy. No, no, no. Well, and if they they actually whip the person, what it is is like, like if you're 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 laying a rope on somebody. Like it's not it's not. Okay, number. Okay, if you're gonna win, <laughs> see the problem is. I, mm, okay, so, like, I have, as a child, like, pretending to, to, like, you know, be fighter kid, whatever, like, using a jump rope, I have caused more injury than anything these people could have done. <laughs> like, just, I... I feel, I feel like whipping. with it's a fight, awful whipping. With it's a fight horrible. choreography, I feel, like, I feel like David Carradine kind of said, "You know what? Um, I'm never going to be, be able to remember any of this because I'm I'm pretty stoned." So, <laughs> yeah, that's probably so true. Would it be okay if I just swung the sword around and if I hit somebody, they fall over? Can, can we? Uh, All I'm going to do is swing my sword like this, and if you get hurt, it's your fault. <laughs> if the sword is anywhere right. close to you, just. Just, just I fall. killed you. Yeah. yeah. And all the other guys are like, hey, you know, David, whatever you want. He probably gave him some, some pot, and they probably all got stoned together. Because, because Argentina. Because, yeah, they were um, in Argentina. I, you know, I, I, I would probably need some marijuana to get through being in a film like this God. myself. Oh, my God. I just... I, I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, point of order. What's with the gong fans? There's a giant gong in the movie that's getting wrong, wrong, but then there's like two guys with like these fan-like things so they, like they, fanning the for front some of the reason, gong. For some reason they decide, well, they're not going to hit the gongs with mallets like normal like normal people because this is a, a fantasy world. So they use fans. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, nothing. Do, do they need a climate-controlled gong? Or... I? I don't understand. The world building in this film seemed to be based entirely on what they could find in the prop closet. Um, <laughs> there, there, there is, there like, is need, no world. We need gong yeah. mallets. I'm sorry, sir. We don't have any gong mallets. What do you got? We found these fans. All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> there, and, there and, is and, no world building in this and, movie. And the macrame cardigan. 
I love that guy. I want one of those. Yeah. No, the no, no. Cardigan, my the fat favorite guy part. Was. My favorite part is that fat guy and lizard guy were both wearing them. Yeah, I know, they right? They both had them. I'm like, oh, they're twinsies. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this cute couple outfit. Okay, I think uh, as much as we can make fun of this movie for ages, oh, it is really bad. I hope. I hope. <laughs> yeah. I hope you watched it and enjoyed the badness because that's really what it's all about is enjoying the oh, badness. God. So, final thoughts. Kelvin, do you have any final, th- final thoughts about the warrior and the sorceress? I... No. Well, 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 well going into it, I, I thought this movie was Italian and, and the, my, part of my reason for that thinking is A, Italy made a lot of really cheap, really terrible movies. B, uh, Italian movie posters lie their ass off. <laughs> yeah. Much like this one. L- Much like like this one. They, I mean I mean like, you know, there'll be like volcanoes erupting and buildings falling over on on uh on a poster for like a western. <laughs> you know, or something. You know, it's just they're totally wrong. Um so I was just kind of startled to find out that this wasn't an an Italian production. <laughs> okay, Melissa, uh, final thoughts. Okay, to cap the wrongness off on this. Okay, so as I said, this poster is by Joanne Daly. When you have Bill Stout writing your movie, why the hell don't you have a Bill Stout poster? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Consider that. He, pro- he probably charged uh, a lot more. <laughs> yeah, they probably couldn't afford it. Okay, uh, Jenna, final thoughts. <laughs> oh, my God. Fight card. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, here's one thing that, that actually happened to me. Like, so, so they, they, they dry the well and I'm thinking to myself, well, didn't fat dude have like a store of water? Like, like they stole a bunch of, like they had that big thing at the very beginning. uh, It would be hard to drink it very, I mean, it's only been like a day. So it's like, uh, Darren Harkonnen was hoarding the water. Right, right. Exactly. It was very Mad Max. And so I'm just like, and then I realized to myself, no, that doesn't make sense. Like, I can't actually put the logic into this movie. In trying to put logic into this movie and, like, continuity and anything like that, I've already broken the movie. Like, the, the movie, by, by trying to put logic or any kind of storyline or anything into it, the movie is no longer what it was. Got, so so you found news. your zen. I found my zen. You I've found got your bad zen. news yeah. for you. Uh, the... the Trying to put logic in the movie was pretty much destroyed within the first five minutes. Yeah, no, like I, I, I towards the end, I'm like, but why don't they? And I was like, nope, never mind. <laughs> so, when, you, when you've no. got two rival warlords who set their fortresses up two hundred <laughs> feet from each other, yeah, right, with like a with a in a, in a small village with a well in the middle of it, and, and all I could think of is like, this is someone's like first ever war gaming scenario <laughs> like, like they're doing a miniature war game and like okay they're just trying to take this well uh, and they didn't have enough graph paper to put the yeah. castles far apart. yeah so yeah. they gotta just put them right next to each other that, so, all right i do um, want naval fortress though my final hmm. thought uh please dear listeners stop with this movie do not watch last man standing oh, God. Yeah. don't watch last man this is this is as far as you want to go um <laughs> And yet, I have an uh, I have sort of a uh, an affection for this movie just because of how awful it is, and because I adore the story and I love the exploration of how you can take 
something so successfully made by two great filmmakers and completely ruin it. Shit on it. Um, <laughs> and yet so, here we are. Look how much we're laughing. I know. It's fun. Ourselves. It's fun. So um, <laughs> next up, we are not watching Last Man Standing. Nope. We are moving on from this story to uh, of another film, interestingly enough, that Melissa has not seen. It's I, amazing. It's, Why? This is like two in a row. I'm going to so, be a newbie again. I know. We're going to yes. watch We're gonna watch Moneyball. Yes. So uh, stick around. Well, don't stick around for that. Come back in about you know 15 days or so and check us out with that. Thanks for listening. And we're going to go and talk more about the bad fight choreography. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Gratuitous shoulder roll. <laughs> <laughs>